2017, three men joined together in a pact to see what they could collectively do to advance civilization, further the cause of world peace, and elevate mankind. These three men were internationally renowned musician and Linkin Park multi-instrumentalist Dave Phoenix Farrell, multiple PGA Tour champion and world-class golfer Brendan Steele, and Mark. They named themselves the members. Those who they chose to sit with and ponder the mysteries of the universe, they named the guests. What you're about to listen to is one of those historic conversations. Welcome to the Member Guest Podcast. Welcome to Member Guest. And welcome to the Member Guest Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. In the middle of all of this uh, quarantine madness, I am definitely not used to having anything scheduled. I was seriously late to even join these guys on our own podcast. And it was because I got stuck uh, building a bicycle. Lindsay's been getting bicycles and random things to the house. I've really embraced the fact of having something to do as far as projects go. So I'm here, I'm showered. I'm wearing real clothes. We, we alluded to that. I've got Mark with me right here. Brendan down here on my little chat. Boys, how we doing? Everything's good. We're hanging in there. Uh, week, whatever this is of quarantine, I've lost track. I don't know what day it is anymore. This is Blur's Day. Blur's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It sounds right. <laughs> there, was, there was a full joke of like, it's Blur's Day in the month of shawarmiwary or something <laughs> it's just like who knows and with us today a good friend of ours for a long time we have talked about you on this podcast for years we've talked to you about getting you on this podcast for years and finally we've executed on it jason sobel joins the member guest pro- podcast jason we met back when you were i think still writing for espn Mm-hmm. I believe uh, from ESPN, you went to the golf channel where they quickly noticed you're striking good looks and three behind camera a little bit or in front of camera behind is the place for me. It's maybe far. behind camera as well. <laughs> now you're at the action network uh, giving us all great tips on what games and, and bets we can lose money on. How the heck are you? It's awesome to finally have you here. Yeah, I'm great. Uh, you guys have invited me on the podcast and uninvited me on the podcast like many times over the years. Like every time I get my hopes up, you're like, yeah, you're in LA. Let's do the podcast. Okay, cool. Definitely. Like Thursday night, I'm in. And then it's like, yeah, no, we don't want you anymore. We got somebody better. So uh, <laughs> it took a quarantine where you literally couldn't get anybody else to have me on. And yeah, I, I, I've heard some other people say like, you know, what day is it? What month? It's like, I think it's April 39th at 17 o'clock that we're. <laughs> we, we finally made it happen. Now, Sobel, in fairness, we have our choice of anyone right now because nobody has anything to do, and we still picked you. That's true. Literally everybody else in the world is on a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> All everyone is doing is going on podcasts. I have, I, I have high school buddies that I haven't seen like in person in probably 15 to 18 years, something like that. And we all got on a Zoom chat the other day, and we're like, hey, guys, we're quarantined. We got to all see each other. Like, as if we get together all the time, it's like, no, we... we literally haven't seen each other in over a decade and we're like well it's day seven of the quarantine we should probably see our high school buddies again so so mark mark actually texted me last night and he said that he's uh 
he's trying to clear out all his his booze right now. He's trying to clear out all his, his booze that he doesn't like, so like so that he can get other stuff. I assume, but he's yeah. like, I'm trying to declutter this booze situation that I have, and I I was. I thought it was so funny that he said that because I've been trying to do the exact same thing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've been having a lot of really shitty cocktails lately. <laughs> and I've been doing the same. I'm like, I'm looking up all these recipes to see like, what do I have around the house that could possibly go into this booze and like make it not as crappy. And it's not working at all. But Dave was just like, well, just plug your nose and you'll be fine. And it'll get you where you want to be anyway. <laughs> right. You should. Like, Ooh, it's Sambuca Tuesday. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got about two ounces of Bacardi rum. I can mix with uh, Bombay Sapphire and some vermouth. <laughs> Squeeze a lime in there. Everything like isn't. Well, is is it a Long Island iced tea? That's just like kind of like a kamikaze of everything. Yeah, like just start yeah. calling every drink you make at your house a Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> but it's none of them are like even remotely on track that that's such a good idea to just uh write down or almost take a note of what the worst ones are and then post whatever world we're living in right now that we want to call it when we come out of this and can actually like hang out then you have to bring like what the recipe or like at least a drink for somebody to try of the worst thing you've made like your worst cocktail of quarantine worst worst quarantine cocktail Ironically, it, it might actually cure the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah that stuff would kill anything. <laughs> or it could bring it right back. That's true. <laughs> well, there's, Dave, a bigger question, there's a bigger question there about like unintended consequences of the quarantine. <laughs> like just things that are going to happen that you're going to do where you're going to like, I never would have done that. I, I have a piece coming out next week. It's 40,000 words, which is like <laughs> way longer than anything should ever be written about anything, especially that I should be writing. I literally sat and did it over the last week because I had nothing else to do. And I just sat and wrote the entire time. What, like what's a normal article for you, Sobs? How long? Like 800 words. Yeah. 800. 800 is like a normal column. And thousand, this is 40,000? 40,000. 40, how, so like, how long would it take an average person to read that? How average? I mean, like, I, I'm not the <laughs> like, you know, an average book club mom. Like, how long would it take <laughs> Brendan to read mom it? While drinking one. See, here's the thing. I don't want to give it away too much, but it's, it, it's something where you're going to click around. You're not just reading from start to finish. So you're going to click around. And my theory behind it is people are quarantined. They're isolated. They have nothing else to do. It's related to the masters that isn't happening next week. And so people will be sitting there going, man, I wish the masters was on. Now I'm sitting inside. I'm doing nothing. And they will sit there and click around and read at some point, all parts of it and have some enjoyment from it and get away from their Netflix. I like that. It's a good play. Or you read like 300 words. They're like, I'm out. Yeah. This sucks. I'm out. Very possible. (laughs) Where will you be able to find that? Uh, Action network and the action network app. Although I, I would go to the website. I don't know if you want to read 40,000 words on an app, but yeah, um, it'll be on those and I'll tweet it out. Steely will retweet it. You can just go to his Twitter. You're going to just divide it up in, the 40,000 words and it, just tweet it out. 120 characters. It's going to be, it's going to be different links here and there. Yeah. I, I might just tweet the entire thing just like in pieces. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, Dave, how many like that. tweets is that? Uh, 40,000 divided by 120. Uh, 120 see, characters though. It's a tw- question because I'd have to know not how many words, but how many, how many characters? I could do an, I could do an average, you know, knowing Jason, there's yeah, not going to be a lot of words that are over five no, letters. They're all like three letter words. Yeah. They're all like nothing over two syllables. 
<laughs> then she said hi and i said hi <laughs> jason have you ever had to like um remove a tweet like you kind of said something was a little bit inappropriate or incorrect and you just kind of had to like pull it off or apologize to a golfer or something uh, you know, Mark, I've had a couple. I don't like deleting them because I feel like once it's out there, it's Twitter is like saying something. So if you've said something to somebody, you can't just like delete what you said to them and they pretend they never heard it. You go back and say, hey, you know, I was wrong. I'm sorry for that. So I I made some joke, you know, trying to be funny back in the day. I made some jokes I'm trying to think like nothing too over the line. There was one that Lee Westwood won like the Indonesian masters or something. And I made fun of like, you know, well, that's the only green jacket he'll ever get or something like that. <laughs> you know what? That's yeah. I'm wrong. My bad. Like I take it back. I'm not going to delete it, but I'm going to apologize and leave it there. And you guys can all yell at me. So that was a bad one. Um, I, I think I've been pretty safe lately. So when you uh, first met Brent, uh, first met Brendan, take us through how that went. And, and as a tag to that, are golfers usually more sensitive to media stuff and, and tweets, that kind of thing? Yeah. First Specifically, of all, Dave, Brendan? I, I want to talk about like the first time we hung out. That was actually a much better story than meeting Brendan and hanging out with him. Which is, You and I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've like told you the whole story. Like I I feel like yeah, you, Did you were there, me? obviously. But, so, <laughs> you roofied me, so I don't remember. You were playing a show at MSG. This is like probably, I don't know, nine or ten years ago when I lived in Connecticut at the time. Like I told you, hey, I'm going to try to come to the city and try to catch a show. And you're like, hey, I'll set you up with tickets, come backstage, and you know, we'll go hang out afterwards. I'm like, all right, cool. And I went to the show. Had a great time, fantastic show. Afterwards, you shoot me a text, and we didn't know each other very well at that point. I don't think we'd actually met in person. We just like kind of talked and over the phone and texted each other, and like talked about golf and stuff. And so, I went to the show, and afterwards, I'm like, "All right, where's where's the big after party? You know, Lincoln Park. This is gonna be like killer after party. This is gonna be awesome." And you text me like, "Hey, you want to come hang out? We're at." And it was like some fancy name. It was like an Asian name. It was like Fo. We're at Fo come meet us. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm walking down the street in Manhattan and I'm, you know, I'm like looking on my phone. I'm like, all right, there it is. Foe. And I walk in, I'm like, ah, oh, kind of looks like a restaurant, but you know, I walk up and you know, the, the woman up front says, you know, can I help you with anything? I'm like, yeah, here for the Lincoln park after party. <laughs> you show her like, your pass. Uh, your credential? Yeah, I might've, I may have shown the pass. Got the backstage pass. She's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, I'm sure it's like upstairs or something. I'll go up there and I'll find them. I'm like, all right, where's this big party? This is going to be awesome. Start walking through this restaurant. All of a sudden, Dave yells like, hey, Sobel, here. It's you and your wife and two or three other couples sitting there having sushi and a drink after the show. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, Just extremely down. let down. I mean, you know, I think I no might offense. have I mean, there. it's cool hanging with you, but yeah, where's the party? And you're like, yeah, we don't party. <laughs> I've got to have, by the like, way, and by the way, if it was like a cool after party club thing, like I would have lasted four minutes in some place, and I would have been like, "All right, can I get sushi now?" So, I mean, that was totally more my speed. I probably have a a version of like a trail of I want to say trail of tears, but I know that's not the right <laughs> expression. A no. trail of sadness, a trail of disappointment. Maybe we'll go with that. Of just disappointed people that have probably had a very similar experience to that, especially like even at the show when somebody is a guest and they're just all about like, Oh, like I want, like I want to see you at the show. I want like, can I get backstage, whatever. And then 
they get backstage and then it's just kind of like, do you want to go to catering or the dressing room? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, what's crazier? I'm like, well, there's food at catering and the dressing room just has like a couple dudes changing their shirt. I don't know. What's crazier <laughs> for you? <laughs> I it's it's funny because I mean I go to tour events all the time. Steel, you can back me up on this. Like Bay Hill was what a month ago? I can't, I don't even know my months now, but uh played Bay Hill not that long ago. I lived about 10 minutes from there, and I had all these buddies who you know, I see I'd see a guy on Wednesday, like at my club. You go, hey, I'm going out to Bay Hill tomorrow. Like, maybe we should see each other. Hopefully, we'll see each other out there. I'm like, why? I'm, I see you right now. I don't need to see you again tomorrow. I'll see you yeah. now. I'll see you this weekend. <laughs> like, I, it, just seeing you on a different golf course doesn't really make it that much more special. And you're like, yeah, but I mean, we could, like, hang out and, like, watch some golf. I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch golf. I, I have to do that for a living. That's my job. I, why would I want to go watch golf? That's like, you know, I, I'd rather, like, go do something else with you and go hang out. But we don't have to, like hang out at the golf course. So very much the same thing in that. And Steely, I'm sure you see that too, where people are like, Oh dude, you're going to be at this tournament. Like we should meet up at the tournament. And you're like, okay, but I'm working. Like I'm not like there to hang out. Yeah. If you show up and you want to watch me play a couple holes, you can say hi. If I like you, I'll come over and shake your hand and ask you what's going on. If I don't, I'll just wave at you. <laughs> but I mean, are there, are there people you just give the wave to? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. They're probably all listening right now too. So now they know. They're like, "Oh, he waved at me." Shit. Brendan but, waves no, at me you. every if time. You're listening yeah. right now, not not you, not you. It was the other guy. <laughs> the you know whether you're going backstage at a Lincoln Park show or you're in like player dining at the PGA Tour event or um, if you're meeting like um, I'll go down uh, to the family room at the Kings games afterwards to see a couple of the guys. It's mm -hmm. all the same kind of setup. Like, it's all just like, there's some wives, there's some kids, there's just kind of like some crappy food and like, not a lot going on. They're just like, it's normal life for everybody. So it's, but you have this whole like, thing where you're like, oh, it's the Kings afterwards, and they're going crazy, or it's a Lincoln Park show, like they got to be like going nuts. And there's crazy shit going on. And it's like, nah, it's just kind of it's normal life. Our writer for like a year, you know, European festivals, and the European press, like the English tabloid nature of the press sometimes gets really not nasty, but like snarky. And they had gone out and gotten one of our, one of our writers for a show. You probably find it online, but then they, the whole point of this article was to talk about the, you know, the headliners of whatever festival it was download or running to, or uh, Reading or Leeds, And then, pick like the silliest stuff that you know lincoln park has this like metallica has this like foo fighters like they're so blah 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 they have this and i i can't remember they had a couple funny ones or good ones on us that did seem ridiculous when you just put them in like a print article but one of them the only one i remember was just that we specifically had like black towels that we would and the writing on writers is always like it's very like firm you know, it's like white towels are unacceptable. There will be like no white towels, blah, 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 blah. Black towels and black towels only. There needs to be six dozen, like, five, you know, all three dozen of this size, three dozen of this size, like not smaller, not larger. You know, there, it's very, gets granular and kind of insane like that when you read the writing of it. So it's posted and all the stuff about like black towels and they guessed that for whatever reason, you know, we were opposed to color and that was like, us being vibey or cool or whatever when 
that that rule for us in a rider came 20 years ago, 15 years ago when we're playing in clubs, you're generally wearing darker clothing, getting really cheap white towels and anything they touched would just leave all this like fuzz of white on everything. At a certain point, we're just like, let's just have black towels. And then if they're cheap and leave fuzz on everything, you can't really see it. It's like, great. From now on, let's just do black towels. Great. And then fast forward 15 years, it was like a, a mandate from on high that I will not use anything but a black towel. There's a white towel in here. I'm leaving. Yeah. White towel? No show. <laughs> no show. I'm out. No shower. No <laughs> show. <laughs> Green well, M&M? Also too, no yeah. M&Ms. And also, too, like um, when you're asking, when you say, oh, you're asking for, you know, uh, 60 towels or something, a lot of that's for the crew guys. Those are guys yeah. that are like typically showering after yeah. after the show. And you've got like 35 guys who've been working for 16 hours or something like that. And at midnight, they get a quick shower and then they jump in a bus. And yeah. if you don't have those towels, like the band's going to use six or 10 or something total, but you know, they need them for everybody else too. So, but it, it, it reflects on you guys as a band as if you right. guys each need like 72, towels we, we each need 72 <laughs> black towels. Like that's what I, that, that's my daily, daily routine. <laughs> Doble, that's gotta be the same for you when you show up at a tour event too, right? Like you, you have your list of demands and they always have to meet them or else you're going to leave. Yeah, I have a demand. My demand is like, can I have parking within four miles of the golf course, <laughs> please? If you don't and mind, like, maybe usually we'll it's see like, what eh, we can do. we'll see. I, I was going to say that I get asked all the time, like, what are your favorite tournaments to cover? And people think of it like, oh, that's a great course. Or, oh, they get a really good field there. I've been doing this long enough. Like, yeah, okay, those are nice things. And, yeah, usually probably going to the tournaments that are better courses and better events and things like that anyway. But said, look, you can put them on a list of two straight down the list for media members, it's indoor plumbing or outdoor plumbing. <laughs> the ones that have indoor plumbing are the tournaments that I want to cover and I like, and the ones that have outdoor plumbing, second rate. <laughs> when I first started doing this job, I mean, no one, no one tells you like how to be a golf writer. You know, they say, okay, can you write? Okay, go cover this event. And so the first couple of events, I mean, really like the first year on and off of me doing this, I would try to drive into a golf course and I'd have a credential and I'd have a pass and parking and everything. And you know, some guy who's just like either an actual cop or a rent a cop for the week or a volunteer, or whatever it might be, stops you just because he's used to stopping everybody that comes through and says, no, 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 you can't park here. Well, why can't I? No, you can't park here. Oh, media. I think you guys are at the Civic Center. It's 12 miles down the turnpike <laughs> and then make a left and park at the Civic Center, get on a bus and the bus will take you to the other parking lot. And then you can walk from that parking lot over to here. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, my first year that I was on tour where I hadn't been to every event yet, and I'm going to places for the first time, I would show up at an event and be told something like that. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but something like that. And I'd go, all right. And I'd get on some bus and literally look around. There's 40 other people who are bombed out of their minds already. And I'm going, I don't think these guys are in the media. Like, what are you guys <laughs> writing today? And yeah, it just, uh, it, it takes a while to figure out what you're doing and where you're going. So, Sobs. Let's see if we can run through the timeline here. Uh, there's a lot of inner workings in this group of people. So mm -hmm. see if you, can, if you can bear with me here. So you meet Dave doing an article for ESPN, right, on musicians that play golf. Mm -hmm. Then no, around... And I'm guessing. 2009, 2010. 2010, yeah. Okay, somewhere in that zone. So yeah. then 2011 is my rookie year on tour. Mm -hmm. 
I, in my first made cut on tour, I get paired with Tiger Woods on Sunday and I proceed to make some comments that inflamed the media, <laughs> which basically I was just a, trying to bail media. Tiger was out it, for playing was bad. The, was it the media or a media? I don't know. I, do you, I was Jason, do you know all... who it was? Oh yeah. Name him. Um, name him. We'll bleep it. Just can I <laughs> name it silly. Yeah, go ahead. Are you going to get you in trouble? I was Alan Shipnuck, a very good writer and reporter from Sports Illustrated, now with golf.com. Yeah. And so I I did know that. And Alan and I are actually fine these days, but I was really mad at him for a long time. But the the gist of it is basically that Tiger played bad. And I tried to bail him out by saying that the round didn't have his full attention once it had gone sideways. And, you know, he knew he wasn't going to have a great finish. Just saying, like, don't worry about his game. Like, he's totally fine, you know, whatever. And I said about 50 really nice things. So, that article comes out in Sports Illustrated. And then the next day, I'm trying to get to Phoenix and I'm getting calls from all my friends like, you're on Pardon the Interruption and people are calling you out for being the rookie that's saying, talking shit on Tiger and this and that. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? I get out to Phoenix, I'm playing a practice round. Golf Channel comes out there like running to find me, you know, posting up wherever they can find me, taking film of me and wanting to talk to me and doing this whole thing. And I am just getting absolutely killed everywhere twitter media whatever it is and the one shining light was that jason sobel writes an article that basically says like come on guys like this is ridiculous like he said the truth and it's not a big deal and you guys should everyone should calm down and i read it and it was the only like nice thing that i had seen and so i reached out to him and just said like thank you for that and i really appreciate it and uh since then, we've been really close. We've done a lot of cool stuff together. And uh, everything from golf, he, he comes and walks around with me during the pro-ams, during the tournaments. Uh, we do fantasy football leagues together. We talk a lot about all types of sports and different things going on. And then go to concerts together. And then, Jason, you are actually the one who introduced me to Dave. And that's where I met Mark for the first time as well. So you're kind of the glue that brought all of this together matchmaker. And I knew when you guys met backstage, I was I guess like 13. It was during the week of what used to be the Barclays and the FedEx cup first FedEx cup playoff event. And you and I hopped in the car, went to Jones beach, which is like 20 minutes from where I grew up. I used to grow up uh, going to concerts at Jones beach. So love that place. And you guys were playing there. We met backstage. And I'm like, I knew that like, I'm not good on my LA ge geography at all. I'm like, Oh, L you know, one guy in LA could live here. One guy could live there and you could be four hours away from each other and like not ever kind of run into each other. And you guys start talking like, Oh, I play here. Oh my God. I'm like 10 minutes away. I play here. And you guys form your own little club and you guys go play golf all the time in LA and I'm stuck down here. Yeah. And then we couldn't even bring you on the podcast until now. So <laughs> uninvited. friends we are uninvited to the member guest, but uh, you are the key to this whole romance i think that we well, have here so and, and we i've, just I've written to thank you for that well you're welcome and and i've written stories too when boy what was it was it after you won one of the safeways right steely yeah i think after the first safeway okay after the first safeway now i know this because i hang out with you and i talked to dave and i've talked to dave about you and about what you're doing like dave had you doing a drill was it like eight to 16 footers he, he is figured out i mean dave is a stats guru i mean guys on tour have like stats gurus he is your stats guru and he has figured out that if you make 
I, I'm Dave, I'm going to get this wrong. So you do. I, it's 40% of the eight to 16 footers. You'll be pretty good. 50%. You should be somewhere on the leaderboard and 60%. Like you'll probably win the golf tournament that week. And so practice the eight to 16 footers and you'll be much better. Am I, am I getting that kind of right? Dave? Close. Your numbers are, are too high. Okay. But, but close. You've been paying attention. You You're like 10% too high on those things. I wrote it. What, yeah. Once I write something, I don't have to actually remember it anymore because I can just go back and look it up. So <laughs> I, so you had told me this whole thing. Steely had told me, and I talked to Dave about it. And so I, I knew the whole story. And then Steely, you won. I said, didn't you make a whole bunch of like eight to 16 foot, like right about in that range? You're like, yeah, I played really well from that range. I go, I'm going to write a story about how the music, the musician, the music guy helped you out with your stats. And then you practice from there and then you won the golf tournament. So I wrote that, but I had to write it all about how you guys were introduced by a mutual friend who brought you guys together. And you became friends. I'm like, that. <laughs> <laughs> who shall remain nameless. Yeah. I don't know, Brendan, I don't know if I've ever uh, even told you, but recently, maybe like two months ago or so, I got this random text from a guy that I, I know, but not too well. I met him over at the Dunhill in Scotland. And then there's another number on the text chain that I didn't, you know, you don't recognize. It's just a phone number that shows up. And the text says it's from the guy I know. And he says, Hey Dave, uh, just reaching out. This guy is, you know, X, so-and-so pro who's done this and he was looking to get some help on his putting like let me know what you think <laughs> right and so i just i just so happened i'm thinking back i'm like yeah i talked to this guy um at the dunhill a little bit you know he's he does all this number stuff and whatever he's super smart guy himself not putting myself into that category but he is super smart and mathematics guy and whatever way into like nuts and bolts and mechanics and math of golf and stats and swing planes and all this stuff. Right. So we had had this conversation and I had just shared what, you know, me and Brendan had talked about as far as putting and distances and whatever, and kind of had a nice conversation for that about that one night. Hadn't really heard from him since. And then I get this text, you know, so-and-so is, is looking for some help on his putting, like kind of, what do you think? And so I can't, I, I kind of said like, um, I think my answer was a little bit vague because I, I kind of wanted to look up who this person was and even reach out to Brendan, just be like, who's this guy? Like, what do you think? And I just kind of gave a response kind of like, oh, well, I, I'll, I'll look into it, like kind of no promises, but I'll, I'll see. And, and then I just kind of started doing a little internet research and stuff and did start looking at the numbers and was just like, yeah, there's nothing I can do for this not that i could do anything in the first place right but i'm like he's his putting's just not good <laughs> that's like I, I don't know his game i don't know who this person is whatever else so then then the player texts me and says something like oh hey so great to be connected you know via text um are you gonna be out to any of the tournaments coming up like maybe on the florida swing or whatever and i'm, I'm looking at it like what like that's that seems kind of weird too. Then I get a text from the first guy saying, so sorry. I'm kind of like, so sorry, everybody wrong, Dave. <laughs> 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 kind of like, 
wrong Dave, everyone. <laughs> and I just sent, I sent a text like, yeah, I, I don't, there's not much I could have done for you anyway, but I'm definitely not going to be in Florida anytime soon that I know of, but you know, best of luck. <laughs> that was oh, your in. Yeah. That was your oh, opening you, into the you you guru <laughs> industry. It, it all, it all that, like that series of texts though, stretched out just over a period of like uh, long enough, maybe two or three hours from beginning to end where I, or maybe even yeah, a little longer, three or four hours, but beginning to end where I just kind of like, this seems weird, but kind of makes sense, but doesn't, you know, like just, there's enough there that was right. He must and have read Jason way too Garfield. much that was wrong. <laughs> that would be really, really bizarre. This just reminds me of the Joe Max Moore thing all over again, right? Being like, come, yeah. come to play with us. And you're like, oh, really? You want me to play? Play soccer with you? It's like, hey, no, golf, you idiot. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move locations because I'm about to have some um, Gardeners. lawnmowers going. <laughs> Mark's like, yeah, I have so much more work now. <laughs> I leave for 10 seconds and you guys just don't know what to do without me. So, but I really wanted to know with this year's potential, I guess, postponement of the masters, mm -hmm. what's, what's your inside scoop one on kind of the, the historical aspect of that. I think the masters has been canceled or postponed before, but maybe only during wartime, maybe I'm mm -hmm. even infringing upon your 40,000 page article you wrote. <laughs> No, no, it's okay. But uh, it all just what does this? What does it mean historically? And then also, what inside information might you have as to what is going to be happening this year? Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, um, I have absolutely no idea when it's going to happen. My best guess is sometime in October, maybe early October. But that's if everything else kind of falls in line. I, I've told, I've done a lot of interviews, radio and TV stuff over the past month or so. And I said, look the country needs to figure out what's going on before we can figure out where we're going to have a golf tournament and during what week. And so if everything doesn't fall in line and if, you know, we're not able to go outside, we're not able to go to the store and we're not able to do things like that. We're not going to be playing a master. So I think we have to follow all the guidelines before we get there. And this is obviously high priority for us in the golf industry, but pretty low priority when it comes to life in general. So, um, I don't know that they even know yet, but I think the contingency plan right now would be early October. And what's funny is I have mentioned that a little bit on Twitter, on social media, and I've had people firing back saying, you can't play the Masters in October. The grass is going to be different. It's just, it's going to play a little bit differently. And I said, have you not looked around you over the last <laughs> month or so? Like the world is going to be different this year. Just suck it up and deal with it. I would rather see a Masters in October then no masters at all. If we get a masters in October, it means that life is coming to some sense of normalcy and that would be a good thing. So I uh, would love to see that first of all. Secondly, I have booked a few hotel rooms the first and second week of October in Augusta. One is for myself. One is for maybe some people I know that want to come. One is maybe, I don't know, somebody wants to get upcharged and get a room and maybe make a couple of bucks off it. I hopefully that's not like the guy hoarding Purell from everybody. I hope that doesn't sound like <laughs> I'm totally evil and trying to take people's money, but these are people going to the masters. So, you know, theoretically they have some money too. So in any case, I, I have booked a whole bunch of hotels in Augusta during different weeks 
One of the hotel rooms that I booked the second week of Augusta for $89 a night on Washington Road got canceled for no reason. This is about a week ago. I still have not been given a reason why the rooms were canceled. But if I go back on the app now, they're $999 a night that week. Wow. Now, I don't think they know anything because that would be, I think it's like October 7th to 10th or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that could, so, that could work. Yeah. That. Um, I don't, I don't think the hotel knows anything. I, the thing with Augusta is they are not going to leak anything until they want everyone to know. It's right. not as if they're telling people around Augusta, Hey, probably going to be that weekend in October. So make sure you raise the hotel room prices. The, the hotel is just guessing. They have no idea, but they need to kind of have some sort of liability. They need to cover their back a little bit. So they're going to raise those rates and cancel whoever has really cheap rooms there. And so, um, that's at least one theory that's been floated out there is that because they are raising the rates on the hotel rooms in early October, that it could be that. How, how would the, um, qualification potentially change for the masters? You know, you have this April deadline for, uh, a normal season. If it gets pushed to October, do, would they honor that April kind of qualification window or would they just say, Hey, who, you know, this, this is just coming later in the season and whoever is the top, whatever it is, 50 or 75, how many guys are in the tournament? 75, 80, 100, top 50 it's get usually, in. Top yeah, 50 it's usually more. probably a field of about, it's 85 about 85 to 90. 90. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think would be appropriate in that case? Okay. So I have not obviously spoken with anyone at Augusta. I've really not spoken with anyone uh, at PGA tour headquarters or any of the other governing bodies over any of the major championships. What I would be doing if I were them, if I were Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, if I was Fred Ridley, the tournament chairman at Augusta National, or Mike Davis uh, at the USGA, or anybody else who uh, lords over these uh, big tournaments, what I would do is have a contingency plan saying, if we get back in July, then this. If we come back in August, then that. If we come back in September, then this is what we would do. And I would have sort of different contingency plans for each of those possibilities. And my guess is they have something very similar to that. And, you know, I've heard the PGA tour may have two events in a week, sort of like when they have a major WGC and they have an opposite event where if you don't get into that one, there's still a playing opportunity. Um, I've heard different things. I've heard maybe the field sizes could be bigger, but again, I would say that everything's on the table. I was asked in an interview the other day, do you think, and I cut off the guy interviewing me. I said, yes. I said, whatever could be, theorized right now is on the table because I think nobody knows. And quite frankly, if it winds up being, if they said, Hey, anyone who is going to be in in April still gets in. And then when Steely goes out and wins a tournament in August this year, can he get into the masters in October? Yes, he gets in as well. And if the field size is 112 instead of the normal 88 that it usually is, who cares? Things are different this year. And I think we just have to kind of, be a little malleable and flexible and deal with it. Right. And I think with this climate that we're in right now, people are probably going to be more open to change or things being different than they'll they've ever been. Right. It's just, I hope normal. And think about it guys, like in a perfect world after this, I mean, let's say, let's say we get to the middle of the summer and everyone says, okay, look, the virus has died down. The pandemic is over. We can go outside. We can play games. We can, uh, talk to people from closer than six feet. Life can return to some sense of normalcy. 
think about what the sports schedule, like think about sort of the glass half fill, the opti- the optimistic viewpoint of the second half of the year, the last four months of the year. I mean, you could in theory say coming up, we have the first round of the masters followed by the NBA finals game five, followed by the world series. I mean, it, it could just be a, a crazy, crazy sports schedule for the last three, four five months of the year. And, uh, again, it's not what you would have planned up a, a few months ago. It's not what we would have thought or hoped would have happened. But if you're looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, it could be really cool on the back end of things. That's like the approach that this is actually just in, just in the sports world and not to make light, obviously, of everything that's going on. But in the sports world and to make light of that, it's like everybody shares the same off season, and then boom, everybody's all in the same season at the same time. Yeah. Which actually yeah, kind of it might I mean, be kind of, to your point, would be really fun. I mean, think about having a Kentucky Derby in September. That's, you know, just a different time of year. And people would probably, my guess is, flock to it just as much, if not more so than before, because they want to witness, hey, first of all, I, I can go somewhere. Hey, let's make a trip of this. We've been stuck inside. All that money we we're going to spend on vacation over the summer, we never spent. So now we can go somewhere and do something. And secondly, hey, let's just go enjoy ourselves after sitting inside for months at a time or whatever it might be. Uh, let's go have fun and enjoy ourselves. I think a lot of these sporting events could be sort of rallying points when the world comes back to some normalcy. Steely, what's it been like for you? I mean, you're you're sitting at home. You're not playing in golf tournaments. I know a lot of people, you know, I've, I've sort of shied away. I've seen some stories that people have written like, oh, what about the golfers? What's going on with them? And I'm kind of like, I don't, they're, they're kind of like every other person who's not really working right now. I, you know, I, I think it's kind of, we're all in the same boat here, but what's it been like for you not being able to play in tournaments during what should be kind of a meaty part of your schedule? Yeah. You know, the not playing in tournaments has been probably the easiest thing to adjust to because it's only been a couple of weeks. Um, and tournaments are hard. <laughs> they're a pain in the ass and they're stressful. So I don't mind having the time off from actual tournaments right now. Um, as this drags on, I'm going to be itching to get back out there. It's been a bummer for me to have my golf course closed here and not be able to go even see a ball fly. I'm hitting balls in the net in the backyard and it's just not that fun. Um, on the flip side though, with the sports, if I'm going to be stuck at home, I want to be able to watch all the sports. So like, there's never been a time before when either if I had an injury or an off season or a break or whatever it was, and I was home, that I didn't have any other sports to watch too. So it's been very strange from that standpoint. I would always be looking forward to like, let's get to Sunday, watch football all day. I can watch football on Monday. I watch football on Thursday, on Saturday, you know, during the hockey season, the basketball season, the baseball season, just give me something to look at. And I think you're going to see all of these sports are trying to set themselves up to be like the first one back to market. Right. Because the, the, ratings are going to be crazy. Like, you know, UFC has been trying to put something together in the last couple of weeks and now it seems to be falling apart and Dana White's trying to scramble to try to get it back together. Dave probably knows the most about that, but, um, I, I, I don't Khabib watch is their, stuck in, uh, Khabib is stuck in Russia. Yeah. Khabib stuck in Russia and I don't watch a ton of UFC. I would definitely pay for that fight just cause I'd be like, I'm going to pay for the fight. I'm going to bet every fight and just watch and hang out and be super jacked that there's something going on that's alive that I can pay attention to. 
I mean, people are betting on marble races right now. Like there are marble races on YouTube and they're fascinating, by the way. They let like 20 marbles go at a time. And you're like, come on, blue. And like, you, you know, I'll throw 10 bucks on it, whatever. Let's just bet on something. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm missing that too. Um, what was I going to, I was going to ask you something, Steely, based on that. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. The uh, NASCAR and the Indy Racing League have done, if you've seen it the last couple of weeks, they do like, I guess they have simulators. All these guys have simulators in their house. And so they're doing these races basically against each other, like on a screen somewhere. And like, you'd see it. It's really cool looking. How about we get all the PGA tour players playing like some PGA tour video game, like against each other. And we have a leaderboard. Yeah, we could try that. Why don't you float that around? See what happens. (laughs) How much golf do you play on video games? Not very much. Like a like a real simulator or just playing golden tea against each other. Oh, golden tea would be good. Yeah. Or like no. Tiger Woods on like Xbox. I'm terrible. You know what? Tea. Actually, you know, actually it could be like a real sit. You can actually do that with a real simulators. I mean, I was thinking yeah. more like sitting on your couch with an Xbox, but you probably do that with a real simulator. Like a track man tournament. Yeah. yeah. I well, like I like I like the utopian vision. Jason, that you painted for us of a near future with all of the sports all at the same time. Um, I'm excited for that. That's what I'm going to stick to. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good spot for us to kind of wrap this up. Um, Jason, it took, it took a long time to finally do this. And I think we definitely at some point need to do this in person. Yeah. When we can go outside again. I'm not going near you guys. I'm on the other side of the country. I'm not going within 3,000 miles of you guys until this thing's over. <laughs> hey, according to, to the steels, you're just a little uh, car ride away, right? Oh, I know the country drive. Car. And, oh. I, I, you know, all this all this information and in, in science changing daily, a sneeze apparently can carry 21 feet. So we'll, by in person, I mean we'll sit 21 feet apart and, and sneeze towards each do other this together that way because really big rooms you know like the idea of a social space will just be like massive rooms where we're all kind of like hey what's going on 20 how do you sneeze a 21 foot sneeze dude I, that's some, gotta of be us, a some of us some of us just got it bro got the power that's right <laughs> uh Sobel, you came as a guest you leave today as a member is our tradition. You've already imparted so many wise words. You have any other, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us something wise to take us out. Something wise. I'll, I'll tell you what everyone else is saying. Stay safe. Stay inside. Don't touch people. Don't touch other people's things. That's about it. I don't know. Isn't that what you're my, supposed to say to everybody these days? My hands, my hands have never been more clean or more sanitized than they have been in this past few weeks. I'm going to keep sanitized even after all this is over. Sanitize it up. Mark, Brendan. Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, boys. That was fun. (laughs) Always a good time. Uh, May your drives fly straight. Your guitars stay tuned now and forevermore. Goodbye, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. Thanks, bud. Thanks, fellas. That was fun. We're all hitting up uh, Foe after this for a wild party. Yeah, let's go. After party. Let's go. Bring your credential, though.